Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Here's your coach, Brian Buffini. top of the morning to you. Welcome to the Brian Buffini Show, where we have the best intro music in the podcast business. Want to shout out to Brogue Wave and their great song, The Cliffs of Moher, if you want to check that song out. I have a special treat for all of you today. He's been a treat in my life for just a little over 30 years. Dear Lord, help us. We've been the best of friends. We've worked side by side. He's been a counselor. He's come alongside. He's a presenter. He's a world-class talent, and he has a very special message for all of you. For those of you who don't know Joe Nego, Joe grew up on the south side of Chicago, one of eight children. He grew up in a blue-collar family in a blue-collar community while working blue-collar jobs. And Joe has translated that blue-collar mindset to achieve success in various walks of life. He was a standout basketball player playing for Lewis University in uh, Illinois, and he played with his three brothers. Uh, and was a second-round draft choice for the Houston Rockets, so the boy could ball out. After starting his real estate career in 1987, Joe became one of the most successful agents in North America, selling over 2,500 homes. Think about this. The average agent sells 10 homes a year. And so uh, just a huge talent. 18 years ago, I asked Joe to start sharing his insights at events we were holding all over the world, and he's uh, been a fan favorite a great presenter with a great teaching style. Now, today he's not here to talk about real estate. He's here to talk about a subject that's very personal to him that I believe can have a huge significance for everyone listening. As our country has drifted away from old world principles, sometimes we miss the mark on the most powerful values that can make our lives so much better and successful. Today, Joe is here to talk about the blue collar mindset. We've been close friends for decades. And uh, Joe, it's a real honor to have you on the show today and talk about a subject we've talked about in private many times. So welcome to the show. Well, it's, it's great to be here. It's an honor, Brian. Well, let's kind of dive right in, right? That's kind of the blue collar way. And we're both blue collar boys. Your dad was a mason, a concrete finisher, as well as working for the city of Chicago. So classic blue collar. He worked two jobs. Mom was a homemaker and my dad's a house painter. My mom was a homemaker. I, we've laughed over the years that our mom's look like twin sisters. You grew up in a blue-collar family, blue-collar mindset, and you took that mindset and had translated it through many, many different aspects of work and success, and I really want to dive into that. So let's just talk about it right off the bat. Today, everyone's got to get a college degree and get a white-collar job. That's kind of the, the treadmill that's been built, and that treadmill, I think, can sometimes lead people down the wrong road. So for you, Joe, what does blue-collar actually mean? Well, you know, it's taken me years to kind of figure this out because fish discover water last. Mm. And when you're so embedded in your community and who you are, it takes some time to kind of figure out who you are. So what does blue collar mean? Well, blue collar is first, it's an expression to describe a type of work. Mm. And it's usually manual work, physical work, hard, dirty work. You know, it's, I often say it's work that cannot be faked. You know, it's in its, in its physical building, creating and developing. So it's it's people in the trades like the the plumber, the electrician, the carpenter, the cement finisher, the painter, the list goes on. And, and traditionally, 
people who did this type of work wore durable, like durable blue shirts. Think mm-hmm. of the Maytag repairman, mm-hmm. you know, and those shirts had blue collars, you know, where on the other hand, white collar workers went into an office and worked at a desk and wore white shirts, hence the term white collar. Mm-hmm. So it became terms to describe a type of work and, 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 you know, it's embedded in our society. If you look at cities throughout the country, you look at, you don't have to look far. You look at Detroit, you know, they're known as a blue collar town. Well, mm-hmm. that came from the auto workers, the factory workers, Motor City, Motown. You know, you're quite familiar with that with our <laughs> recent experience at Peak. Or Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh Steelers right. are named after the steel mill workers. Right. Or or Chicago, the Chicago Union Stockyards. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the, at one time the biggest employer in all of the Midwest, let alone the city of Chicago. And as a small kid, I grew up in a neighborhood called Canaryville that was right adjacent to the Chicago Union Stockyards. And I would always say growing up as a kid, you can smell the work coming from the stockyards. <laughs> and, you know, and, we know Canaryville in yeah. Ireland. Canaryville was famous to Irish people because when Irish people, they headed to Boston and they headed, they headed to Chicago. When they went right. to Chicago, they went to work in the stockyards. Well, you know, it's interesting because I'm my, my mother's maiden name is Quinn. So she's Irish and my father is Polish and the Negro name is Polish. And my grandmother and grandfather chased their roots back to Warsaw, Poland. And both of my grandparents worked in the Chicago stockyards. Mm. And, and it was my grandmother's dream and all the sacrifices that she made that, that one day my dad would go through college. And my grandmother would tell you this story with tears streaming through her eyes and laughing at the same time years later. But my grandmother said, my, my dream kind of came true. And I'd say, what do you mean by that, Grandma? She says, your dad went through college on his very first day. He mm. went in the front door and out the back. <laughs> and he said, just college wasn't for him. So, so my dad wound up entering the ranks of the blue collar world. And my grandmother was disheartened, you know, and she wanted him to go to college and not have to sacrifice. She wanted a life better for him than she was experiencing. But he, here's interesting, Brian, is like after my watching my father over time, my grandmother realized that the school of blue collar work was extremely, extremely valuable and that a college education was not the only ticket to success. So my dad became a laborer and then worked his way up to be a cement finisher. He eventually started a one truck cement company. Uh, he laid sidewalks and driveways. And then when I was old enough to swing a sledgehammer <laughs> and useful to him, I joined him and my brothers out on yep. the job site. And, and he, here's interesting because it comes full circle. My grandmother was thrilled to see us working with my dad mm. all through grade school, high school, college. And because she knew, she knew that her grandkids were getting the best of both worlds. We're going to get a college degree and a blue collar education. She knew it was a, a winning combination. And, so today I sit here with, uh, you know, that's that's my identity. That's my true identity. Uh, I'm from a blue collar family. I did blue collar work and grew up in a blue collar community, and and I'm I'm proud of it. I, I really am. Well, it's, look, I mean, we're singing to the choir here, right? I mean, I grew up in the painting business with my dad. I think the reason our parents had such large families is they knew 
It was a great way to expand the labor force and not expand the <laughs> payroll, right? <laughs> no doubt. Well, when we many times we'd eat eat the family out of the house, you know, growing up. I'd yeah. rather pay you than feed you, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. But that whole blue collar mindset, in my regards, it served us very well. And it certainly, I've not done blue collar work in decades no more than you have. But that mindset and that grounding has been a change forever. It's still my comfort zone. I was just. I'm on a property right now that we bought that we're doing a major project on, and I'm out there with my Serbian contractor, my Macedonian gardener and landscape architect, and and I feel more at home with those people than I do when I'm sitting around with the high-priced city bankers and some of the boards I sit on. You know, one of the dynamics is blue-collar is often referred to that, hey, the educated people go to high school, and the less educated people work with their hands. You have this dynamic called a blue-collar mindset, and I would love to dive in here because I think this right here is enormously valuable. Many of the people listening to this may work in a white-collar job but might have been raised by a blue-collar family member, and maybe they've forgotten some of the principles and values and some of the skills that actually makes you thrive in any collar world or even a no-collar world. So maybe we could talk about that. Well, let's think about it. I mean, I'm sure there's elements of you that miss your your th- those days where you'd physically get out there and work, and you'd you'd taste the, the 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 salt from the sweat, and you had a sense of accomplishment. And your your dinner and the shower at the end of yep. the day was a whole lot better because of a hard day's work. Yep. And and I had great satisfaction. I miss it in many ways. And I realized that I'm not an outlier. There are. I did some recent uh, research on this subject matter. And I discovered that 91% of blue-collar workers are proud and satisfied in their work. Now, now this is interesting. It's double the percentage of white-collar workers. Wow. 85% of blue-collar workers say their lives are headed in the right direction. While on the other hand, 70% of white-collar workers sought a new job within the last 24 months. So, so there's something special about blue-collar work that we all can learn from. And I, and I found this inter- interesting. You know Mike Rowe, mm-hmm. uh, the jobs. host of yeah. the Discovery. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I don't know if you know this about him. He's a very well-educated man. Uh, both of his parents were teachers. Uh, he's a professionally trained opera singer. Wow. Now, that's as far away from blue-collar work as you can get. Mm-hmm. And after... And when he became a, a personality, a TV personality, he chose to do dirty jobs. He wanted to learn about this. And, and he came up, he, he said this after years of doing dirty jobs. He said this. He said, the flaw in our country is our insistence on separating blue-collar jobs from white-collar jobs and encouraging one form of education over another. And, and I think what he's referring to, Bri, is the the other is the blue collar mindset and what you learn from doing blue collar work. So there is a mindset to doing, uh, you know, this blue collar work and what comes as a, as a result of it. And, and, and this is what I found and you could dive in anytime you want, but blue collar work is a, is a way of thinking and an approach to the work. You know, it encompasses a strong work ethic. You, you've all heard the expression, an honest day's work for an honest day's, pay. You know, it's the type of work where you're, it's a mindset where you're not afraid to roll up your sleeves, get your hands dirty, break a sweat. As a matter of fact, a callus on the hand is a badge of honor. Right, right. You know, they used to feel your hands. I mean, that when I would go to my dad's job site, you know, we would work every summer on the job site with all his guys. 
and they'd rub your hands and they go, oh, a lot of time in the classroom, boy. Get the sandpaper out. And they'd have you sand. And then no, by the no. end of summer, man, you could shred potatoes with your hands, you know? Yeah, well, well, you know, in, 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 you know you've talked about it in your painting, uh, the time with your dad and your uh, uncle and the guys on the job. But my, my dad was similar, you know, as far as, far as the blue-collar mindset, we all took pride in our work because our work was a reflection of who we are. And, and, and in, the, in the concrete business, you know, once the concrete was laid and starting to cure, the finishing touch was a brass stamp. My dad would say, go get the stamp. And we would take that brass stamp and we'd make an impression in the, the, the hardening concrete. And it would leave the name of the com company and the phone number. So, you know, you would often say, would you give your name for that? You know, and mm -hmm. we, in, in our work, we, we, we literally put our name on our work. Right. For all to see on every sidewalk, on every yeah. on every driveway. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I'm sure you've heard the expression, you know, that the blue collar mindset is about a, a job well done and done right. You know, it's got to be done right. My dad would always say, if you don't have time to do it right, when are you going to have time to do it over? And there's just such magical stuff. And it's so devoid yeah. in our society today. And I, I hire people sometimes. I just incredulous. All right. Like many people, I experience service, for example. My daughter, Anna, just got a nice place. We got a bunch of furniture for her. And I walk in and Beverly said, oh, the furniture looks great. So I walk in. All the furniture had been delivered. There's, you know, packing peanuts, you know, the popcorn, the, the styrofoam. It's all yeah. over the furniture. Yeah. There's junk on the floor. The carpets are dirty. They scratched a piece of concrete outside. There were dresser handles where they left all the soft styrofoam coverings on the handles. I opened each one. I'm cleaning out each one. Like, we finished a paint job. My grandfather had a sweep, clean, vacuum. Change the light bulbs. Imagine a painter changing light bulbs and wash the windows to show off the paint job. And today, mm. I'm just going to be candid. Like, I have no loyalty yeah. to that furniture company other than a transaction. I'm about to fill a 6,500-square-foot house with no furniture whatsoever. That furniture company is nothing more than competing on price. But if they'd have cleaned the furniture, vacuumed up the deal, take the stuff off the handles, and make it livable right away, which would have taken, it took me about 15 minutes. If they'd have done that, they'd have had a customer for life and a job immediately. And I'm going to say that there is a lacking need. This type of traditional mentorship and apprenticeship is lost. We've had the breakdown of the family, the breakdown of institutions. And kids get to play all summer instead of work some summers. And what's happening, they just don't know how to do this stuff. You talked about something, Joe. You said it was a way of thinking. I would love to like more about that. It's a way of thinking, that approach to work. Can you expand on that for us a little bit? Well, I mean, it, it's, it, you know, just doing a job right or, or getting it done well and doing it mm -hmm. right. You know, it's, 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 it's the type of work in the mindset in a way of thinking that requires action and less talk. Mm -hmm. More action, less mm -hmm. talk. Right, because it's it's progress requires action, you know. Where in other other industries, sometimes in the white collar world, you can you can kind of fake it, right? You know, but on the I'm sure on the job site with with your crew or with when I'm in my crew, like you can't fake no. work. It's got to be there. Here's another interesting factor that I've discovered with the blue collar mindset is there's something about being compensated hourly. Mm. You, you know what that does? It helps you understand the value of money. Mm -hmm. 
and the appreciation of money. I, I remember my dad, and I'm sure it happened in the Buffini household where something would, you know, maybe kids were being a little bit wasteful or you didn't eat all the food on your plate. And it's like, my mother would say, your, your father's worked hard for to put food on the mm-hmm. table or, you know, to complaining because some other kids got a new set of shoes and I got shoes that were hand-me-downs sure. to complain. It's yeah. like, wait a minute. You know, you understand that. So here, here's the point I want to make. Like, I, I really love the blue-collar worker and the blue-collar mindset mm. because I believe physical work brings out special qualities in those that participate mm. in it. it. It forces you to have the blue-collar mindset. It's the labor and the toil that cultivates the human spirit and grows personal character. And, and I don't think it's by accident that Jesus himself was a carpenter mm. and the disciples were commercial fishermen. <laughs> And that's all blue collar work. So I, I think it's safe to say blue collar work is divine. <laughs> Very good. You know, one of the things that was a change for me was, you know, being raised in the trades. And then when I first got into real estate, I would find myself, I was in the office all day long and never moved. And I'd come home exhausted. Yeah. And I thought there was mm. something wrong with me. And I realized when I was doing physical work, I had great time to process and think. And, you know, and you're painting, I mean, you know, you get a lot of time to think and kind of, you know, just work things out. And then when you have a lunch, you get a time to synergize out with your colleagues. When I was doing white collar work, I would come home mentally exhausted and physically yeah. not spent at all. And it took me a long time to realize, like, I need to go work out right now because I didn't move my body all day. You know, there's very few guys working in the trades or gals working in the trades. And yeah. They get home. I need to work out right now because yeah. they're going you know, you're lifting ladders and paint buckets and cement and concrete. And like you say, the food tastes better and you get this sense of accomplishment. I know one of the things that frustrates so many people, and it might be why the job satisfaction is so high, is that a lot of people, they don't know what they got done in it. Yeah, yeah. You know, you come home and you go, I worked all day. I'm tired. I don't know what I got done. And I think one of the things that we can translate from the blue collar mindset into other types of work is to know a specific amount. Here's what I'm trying to get accomplished today even if it's a part of a project or a tenth of a project or whatever it is. And then you go, boom, I got that done. It's a bigger project, yeah. you know? Well, I, I mean, I could, maybe I could share because, you know, coming from the blue collar world, I mean, it's not all about construction. Right. You know, I and basketball, I mean, you said, you know, I graduate, I have about three, uh, I actually played basketball with my three other brothers. We played in grade school, high school, then again in college. The four of us made up the starting five. The unique aspect is there were four brothers out of the starting five. The fascinating part, fascinating part about that is that we won games. We stayed ranked in the top 10 all year long. It became a national news story. You know, the national sports media descended upon Lewis University, Sports Illustrated, the New York Times, USA Today, and the NBC National News with Connie Chung came to campus. And, and, I, and I remember when she asked my coach, Coach Chuck Swartz, he said, well, what do you attribute the reason for this record-breaking winning season here at Lewis University? And the coach said, and I remember watching the, unif- or watching the interview, he said, it's all about who you recruit. We recruit blue-collar kids from the south side of Chicago. And let me just tell you, those kids show up to practice every day and they work hard. They're open to coaching and training, very coachable people. And I, I, I would ask him to do something. There'd be no excuses. They just get the job done. And I remember watching that, that and going, doesn't everyone do that? <laughs> I mean, is, isn't that what every team You're does? like, why is that on the nightly news? 
<laughs> yeah, why why is that newsworthy? Right. And I realized at that point, having the blue collar work ethic in 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 a in a in a sports arena, it was unique. And and I also came to this conclusion, Brian. I was no longer a blue chip player, mm-hmm. but I was a blue collar <laughs> player. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, here it is. You guys had this huge success story. Like you said, Sports Illustrated, New York Times, USA Today. Connie Chung didn't come to my high school. She'd have to fly 7,000 miles. But the fact is, you guys had this great career. You get drafted out of a Division II school to mm-hmm. go play in the NBA. Kind of unheard of. So yeah, no from doubt. a blue collar, and you, you're there and you're with, I mean, you're telling me, Akeem Olajuwon and World Be Free and some of the best players to ever lace it up, right? That, that was a very successful team that won two NBA championships right away. And here you are being grafted into this group. So the blue collar mindset is not one of you work in just anonymity and you get it done and you're a plumber, a painter, an electrician or whatever it is. You can excel and you've used this to translate it. You, and that's really the trick that I've seen and, and how you've done well. It's you've, you've taken it to any world. You take pride in where you come from and who you are, but your identity is not what you do, but who you become as a result of the blue collar mindset. You became a great basketball player. You know, someone who's drafted that high in the NBA is, you know, there's not many teams. That was phenomenal. You then translated that into real estate. And maybe you could talk about that because I, I witnessed it firsthand. I came out to see you in action. You know, we know each other 30 years. I knew you before you were married. Now you have five kids and you and Julie have been married for, what, 24 years? Is 25? Yeah, 25 years, yeah. So, you know, I've known you years before you got married. I watched the blue-collar mentality show up in the white-collar world of real estate. Maybe you could speak to that for a moment. Yeah, well, you know, that's a great uh, point because, I mean, it was a a hard transition for me Mm -hmm. because you think about it, up to this point, work I knew was physical, and then sport is same, physical, Mm -hmm. you know, sweating. And and then I walk into a real estate office, and I was kind of knocked back on my heels. I was like, I I was used to moving, sweating, and seeing the impact of my work. Mm. You know, I was accustomed to a strict schedule, clearly defined duties, and then receiving massive feedback, whether from a, a job well done or a scoreboard, mm. and breaking out a driveway, replacing it with a new one. Sense of satisfaction. Then in the real estate world, square peg in a round hole. It was strange experience, desks and people sitting down to work, you know? And it's like, you know what I witnessed? I witnessed, I witnessed people at work but it didn't really seem like they were working. You know, so many distractions and socializing, drama and gossip that, you, you know, I, every office has one. I just wasn't accustomed to it. There, there was little to no accountability. The structure was missing. The routines was whatever you were doing that day. And it was foreign to me. And, and I remember my mom asking me after a week's worth of work on the job at selling real estate. She goes, how's it going? And I said, it's kind of different, mom. She goes, what do you mean? I said, well, it's kind of like I have a job, but I kind of don't. You know, it's kind of like I have a boss, but I kind of don't. And then I, and I finished it off with saying, it's kind of like I get paid, but it's kind of like I don't. And she goes, oh, that's <laughs> Welcome far, to far. commissions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And, and, and the work itself, it, it, it was unstructured. It was un, intangible. And I never got that sense of accomplishment. But just like you, I was mentally fatigued at the end of the day. So I struggled through the first year in the business and, and, but here's the deal. I wanted to fit in. So what do you think I did? I'm watching what everyone else was doing. And I started doing what they were doing. Right. I wanted to be, I wanted to be accepted and it just wasn't working for me. I mean, for me, Joe, I felt I had to almost reject my blue collar upbringing. Yeah. 
to be a white collar worker. These people were more educated, more sophisticated. And it takes you a while to figure out, hang on, this is an emperor's new clothes here. The emperor is actually butt naked. And what I noticed is people weren't working that hard. They weren't actually getting that much done. And when I applied what I had learned from my father and grandfather in the painting business, that's when my real estate career took off. But it's, you know, many people may have, you come from humble backgrounds or whatever else. You just have to translate. You don't have to negate. And I know that happened for you once you made the adjustment. You were gangbusters. Maybe you can just share with people. I know we weren't going to say you're talking a lot of real estate today, but there's a lot of people out there listening who are entrepreneurs, own a business, a lot of realtors for sure. Maybe you can describe, you know, what you actually broke it down to so that it was like you were finishing cement every day, so it was like you could do a hard work, that the blue collar mindset could show up in your real estate career every day. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, I mean, I would do stuff where I had to make everything more visual. So, so thinking about this, Brian, my first year I did nine transactions with a low mm. average sale price. I would have been better off on food stamps than selling real estate. <laughs> but I went from and and I and I told this story in the past where I came to a breaking point. It was like one mm. of those defining moments. I was working with a buyer who was running me ragged. I had thought about getting out of the business prior, but this was kind of going to put me over, and. Uh, and, and, and then I, I just did a lot of contemplating and then and I had an epiphany. You know, I came to the conclusion amongst a bunch of other things that I had forsaken my blue collar roots. And I, and I had gotten away from that thinking I was going to outgrow them and get into another world. And once I started to embrace the practices of the blue collar past, then bam, I went from nine transactions to 21 transactions, 21 transactions a year to 32 32 transactions a year to 61 transactions. And then I wanted to build a team. I added my sister, Terry. She was part of my team as an assistant. I went from 61 transactions to 121 transactions. And it grew all the way to the point where I was making over a million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. So, so the blue collar mindset in real estate or any type of commission sales or any type of work where you get a bonus or whatever it might be, paid off big time or will pay off big time. And, and maybe I'll share, you know, I know you and I talked in the past, maybe I could share some of those tips closer to yeah, when, for sure. uh, a little bit later. But I, you know, I was thinking like when we used to talk, cause we became accountability partners. We met in 1991 at the St. Francis Drake hotel. We were in the top 30 realtors in the country and asked to come to this conference. And it was all this highfalutin talk and highfalutin talk. And you and I met and yeah. we, we linked up. We, we were brothers from a different mother we connected. We had this blue collar background and there was no pretense. There was no pretense with it. And we had it up. We went to lunch. And I remember the next three days we were supposed to be in that conference. We we're spending time together and we brainstormed. And you would go, here's what I do. I roll up my sleeves every day. I, yeah. I loosen the collar in my shirt. I work in a blue collar part of town. And you're going, I'm going to make 25 calls a day to my database. I'm going to write, you know, five personal notes a day. I'm going to add five new people to my database every day. And you created for yourself what we call at the time a personal business standard. But you basically had, as with no accountability, with no boss looking over your shoulder, as an independent contractor who's paid on commission, you created for yourself, here's what a great day looks like. You know, and you kind of like, okay, we're going to get, we're gonna get yeah. this driveway broken up today. Next day, we're going to collect all the concrete and the rebar. Next day, we're going to, you know, you know, probably in the same day with your dad. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no excuses. Get it done. What? What? Right. You yeah. know, here, here's another element to that is like you think about it, you know, be, selling real estate. It's it's non-tangible, mm. invisible type work. And though you can make a phone call, 
hey, you can make five of them. It didn't feel like you did or you, what I have nothing to show for it. And what I would do is I'd take a little index card and I would do little hack marks on the index card and I would do 25 a day. And I would, I would send out notes and I would do five notes a day. And then I'd go visit people and mark that who I visited. And I, I would keep that index card on a daily basis. I'd put it in a recipe card. So at the end of the week, I can actually see what I did. It helped me stay more consistent and motivated and know that I was getting, that I was building and creating something more than just trying to make a sale. And I remember being at a conference with you with this guy and he had the $5,000 <laughs> suit and a pinky ring and. He was talking about it, and he goes, oh, low-tech Joe, low-tech Joe, kind of like, now, you had all the technology you needed, but you worked off cards and notes and this and any other because you yeah. wanted to be visceral. You wanted to see it. And here's the thing. We find out later on that guy is in massive debt. Yeah. Everything's, you know, the car is leased. The ring he was wearing was leased. Yeah. He has the nice tan and the $5,000 suit, but he's got no money in the bank, you know. And in Texas, they say, big hat, no cattle. In Ireland, we say fur coat, no knickers. Yeah, no, no doubt. No, you're, you're hitting it right on the head. Because, you know, I mean, you and I have talked about this in the past. You know, I, I always, you know, you're, you're, you're mad. You're, we're all making money and it's growing. And you kind of follow, you and I were on the exact same path. Had the same beliefs and same practices. Right. And, you know, our mothers even look the same. We think their sisters had this, you know. So, but, right. but as I started to develop, you know, earn you know, more money selling real estate, you know, we didn't go out and buy the Rolls Royce. We didn't go buy the five thousand right. dollar suit. You know why? Because we knew how hard it was to make that money, and and it and right. the thing is, is we had the principle: you want to put your money where it grows, not where it shows. And, and that's yeah. when I started buying real estate, and I and I used the blue collar mindset. And you did the same owning real estate. You know, I was not afraid to replace uh -huh. a toilet, paint an apartment, though I wouldn't paint it as good as you, or, or change an outlet. You know, and I, and I took pride in the buildings and is the blue, like I had, a, I, I knew what it took. And that's been the payoff. I mean, look at today. I mean, yeah. we, we talk about this because people go, okay, you know, we're, we're in a world today that's kind of confused. You know, at the time of this yeah. recording, right around my birthday here, we have a government that's given mm -hmm. so much money to people. You can't get people to show up for work. We have people who are yeah. trying to fight for, you know, a guaranteed wage because I think they view work as the enemy. And, I, and there's a lot of this thought that work is the enemy as opposed to work is what makes you. I mean, at this blue collar mindset, it's the making of you. It's principles you learn from your mentors, your, the people who you serve under, and they carry you for life. And the other part of it is it ends up in some nice things. What I found is that a blue collar mindset in work and a blue collar mindset <laughs> in investing ends up in a lot of green. Yeah. That color changes. And there's a payoff here. Let's be candid. You and I became multimillionaires from doing this stuff. And, you know, you're a Southside Chicago guy. You always say, oh, I'm doing well. I'm steady. I'm steady. How are you doing, Joe? Steady. Steady. At the time, a steady with one assistant, you're one of the highest producing agents in the world. And you know, I'm doing steady. You know, I'm doing good. And I'm buying houses and so on and so forth. So maybe you can talk to the payoff a little bit because people listening to this, they need to know this really is a success formula for any walk of life. Oh, no doubt. No, no doubt. You know, just imagine if, if anyone in the white collar world was commission based or, you know, bonus, is it if they adopted or readopted a blue collar mindset, you know, the blue collar mindset, it, it pays off, you know, you show up to work and you really do work. You, you walk away with a sense of accomplishment. You know, the, the work is more rewarding. You have peace of mind. Uh, you never are without opportunity. 
you know, and you just talked about it a little bit about our current economic state and stimulus packages and giving money away and what it does to people's soul. You know, I, 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 this is you, you're exactly the same way as me, you know, economic indicators, you know, you're one of the best that I know that are predicting, predicting economic future. And you, you have your fingers. I think it's a blue collar approach you take, by the way, because mm-hmm. you're, you're belly to belly with people out there making, making things happen. And I look at interest rates. I look at unemployment. I look at new housing starts. That's all stuff that helps ensure our economic future. But there's one indicator that determines my financial destiny, and that's my blue-collar mindset, and it's your blue-collar mindset. Because you adopt the blue-collar mindset. You take the blue-collar mindset, bring it into a white-collar world. You go from blue-collar to white-collar to no collar at all. <laughs> and, 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 and that's just an expression to say you work because you want to, not because you have to. You work for mm. the love of work. You, you get to work. You don't have to work. And I mean, isn't that a beautiful position to be in? And it's not like we're, you know, you and I have hung out and we've traveled the world together. It's like, we're not, we're not, we're not hurting for much, you know? And it's, but, but I think what we both did is you kind of, you, you did the work up front. You, you rearrange the, the, you know, the, the work that's required and the payoff that comes as a result of it. And the blue collar work and the white collar world led you know, both of us to wear no collars at all, which is, which is, which is a healthy place to be because then you're not motivated by money. Sure. You could always be pure You've in built thoughts. a vast real estate ownership for yourself. You have systems in that. You have it structured. I visited, I think, all of your buildings. They're all in great shape. Your tenants are proud to be there. You're proud to own the buildings. The people are proud to work. And, and you know, we talk about this thing, taking this sense of esteem and value in your work, this, and it's a sense of ownership. You have the ownership of the buildings. People have ownership when they live there, and, and the people who go work there now have that sense of ownership. You manage it. That blue-collar mindset, you're still connected to the hourly value of things, and that's why you run these things profitably. You know, I think what's happened, Joe, in our culture today and where I'm concerned for our younger people coming up is the abdication of the blue-collar mindset, the elimination of, again, traditional mentorship, especially in this area. And I know so many people who spend 250 grand on a college education who make 50 grand a year, and the electrician is driving down the street and he's making 120, by the way, and then some. Try to find an electrician and many other people in the trades today. But what I see is people abdicate to tech. Oh, no doubt. They abdicate to tech. It's considered the with it thing. Tech will do my customer service. The tech will do my marketing. The tech will handle this. The tech will handle that. And sometimes you need a little bit of get the fingers dirty. You need to get your hands in the dirt. You need to talk to your customers. You need to be in front of people. You need to connect with your employees. And what we've become is this mindset of outsourcing and so on and so forth. So one of the things, as you know, we're all about how-tos. We have mindset, motivation, and the methodologies of success. In our time that we have left here, I would love to give people some how-tos, and you're all about how-tos. How do we go about achieving the blue con- or mindset on a day-to-day basis? And I know you have some tips for people. Okay. Here, here, first and foremost, seek accountability. Seek accountability. See, in blue-collar work, this is interesting, the physical work itself serves as evidence for the work that was done or to be done. So, for example, my dad would drop us off in, a, in the morning and say, this driveway needs to be torn out. He'll be back in two hours. So he know, we know that he can come back in two hours and actually see if we did our work or not. So it's accountability at a real intense level. Now, you look at white-collar work, there isn't that physical, physical evidence. 
So you can have an agent or a salesperson. What if they, did they make five calls or 10 calls or no calls at all? There's no way for you to really know, even to give yourself feedback. That's why you know, I'm a big advocate of referral maker CRM, where you, you it's like you're getting that feedback. You're looking at little pie charts and bars and like that to me, that's a blue collar mindset. I got to see, I got to mm. see my work. And I, and I told you what I did with those index cards. It would give me consistency, motivation, and a sense of accomplishment. Next, next is uh, establish a, a routine. You know, laying concrete up at six on the truck at seven, swinging the sledgehammer at eight, the tools laid out, the concrete broken out, hauled away by noon, pouring the new concrete at one, finishing up by four. And then, you know, little nuances each and every day. But I needed that. When I got into real estate, I, I was up at six, not at the office, but I would exercise and read. I'd get in the office at the same time every day, nine o'clock. And when I got there, I didn't check emails. I wanted to set up my day and, and line up all my calls I wanted to make and people I was going to go visit. Maybe I was showing houses at the time or listing property or contract presentations. The day was laid out. And of course, there's always little variations, but, but I had my routine established. If someone seeked accountability and they established a routine, they'd have the blue collar mindset, they're, they're on their path. Next is just get her done. You know, the, the whole idea of, you know, just think about it. I was going, I was a scholarship athlete in college, you know, getting paid to come play for the university. I went, eventually got drafted by the Houston Rockets. But my dad worked and, and we worked for him. So like we would finish work with my dad and we'd go, you know, because I, and I would go train. So I would lift weights or shoot or play in a game, work on some skills. And sometimes it's like the, the night got away on me and I'd go to bed sometimes at 1030, 11 o'clock or 12. And you know what I found? Six o'clock comes real early. <laughs> it, it was like, get on the truck. If you're not on the truck by seven, you're left behind. And like, if I came to a job site and it's like, well, we, we got to tear out this driveway. And it's like, dad, I'm tired. I'm sore. It's like, he was having none of it. And again, he, right. he, get her done. No excuses. And, 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 or sometimes I'd do the dirty work. And right. my dad would say, well, if, you, if you're willing to do the dirty work, you can become filthy rich. You know, <laughs> oh, I love that. I love yeah. that. So it's it's always, you know, just get her done. And you take that into the real estate business. It's not about, you know, who's right or gossip. You know, it's about getting it done. Are we getting the- If you're willing to do the dirty work, you can be filthy rich. I love that. Yeah, no That's doubt. great. What else you got? Well, here's another one. And I think this is big, is just knowing what you're building or creating. Mm-hmm. Knowing what you're building or creating. And of course, you know, you as a painter- and I'm sure you show up to the job site and it's like, we got to paint this church or we're going to lay out some gold leaf. And mm-hmm. it was very targeted, very visual. The work was very structured. You knew what you needed to do. But, you know, I got into the real estate business. Like, well, what do I do? Answer the phone, check your email. And, right. and I, I was like, I was, I was drifting in this business. Mm-hmm. And then I just got back and I go, what, 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 what moves the dial in this business? It's the calls. It's the, it's the notes, it's the go visiting, it's the relationship, you know, it's the connecting. And I would come in and I'd have daily goals. And you talked about it earlier, you know, have that daily goal. How many calls am I going to make? How many notes am I going to do? And again, referral maker CRM that Buffini puts together to manage and direct when the sales is awesome. I, I think that's, that's a must. So you had a picture in mind though, you know, one of the phrases you introduced me to years ago is most people aim for nothing and hit it with amazing accuracy. Yeah. And you know, when you know what you're building, you know, that really is, you know, the mind goes to work. Even when you're resting, 
your mind goes to work on creating that picture. And I loved it. I loved the sacredness of the routines, how we set up the equipment, how we did the work, how we cleaned up after ourselves, how we then cleaned the equipment and put it away. You know, you're only as good as your tools, my dad used to say. And so, you know, that knowing what you're building, I, I find that yeah. phenomenal. G- give us another tip while we're here. We're, you're on a roll. Okay. Well, another one is be specific on prioritized tasks. Okay. So you think about it. Blue collar work is very linear, logical. Mm-hmm. There, there's a natural sequence to the work. Uh, you're, a roofer is not putting the roof on until the foundation is laid. There, there's a sequence. You're not painting walls until the job is prepped. We're not laying new concrete until the old is removed and the forms are put in. So there's a sequence to the work. And uh, and there's a specificity to go, we got to do this, we got to do this, we got to do this. It's a domino effect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how many times you hear real estate people or just anyone in sales, they want to, you know, what technology can I get? And, you know, well, build a database first, you know, <laughs> shake someone's hand, smile. <laughs> it increases your face value. You know, just go talk to someone Gosh, right. Darn it, you know, but and you got to be, but, but be specific, you know, okay, mm-hmm. here, here's what I'm, I'm building a referral based business. I want to close a, a hundred transactions a year. I have so many people in my database. Do I have someone holding me accountable? Do I have the tools? Is my team structured the right way? And, you know, Kevin would always say this. He said this uh, last year uh, at the, the, the sessions he was doing, he would say, if you want to be terrific, you have to be specific. Mm-hmm. So the more specificity that happens in the blue collar world, it, it, it needs to happen more with the blue collar mindset in the white collar world. Uh, here, here's another one, Bri. Th- yeah. This is good. It's like you got to be specialized. Mm. You know, in the blue collar world, you know, the guy's always kid. What do you call a person in the trades who doesn't specialize in anything but good at everything? A handyman. Right. And, and handy, a handyman is valuable and wonderful and noble, but it's just not the highest paid person in the trades. That leads into the whole get rich in a niche, doesn't it? it? Does. I mean, you know, just dig down. And like you say, inside the trades, you'll have people who are painters and then they become a particular type of painters. You have people who are electricians. Okay, I just do commercial or I just do interior. You know what I mean? I, oh, I don't do landscape lighting. You know, the more specialized you are in the blue collar world, the higher paid. And I really think that whole get rich in a niche is a key. Become the very best at it and then keep going deeper instead of wider. Instead of being a generalist, like you said, I love handyman, but when you really need the top level stuff, you typically don't call a handyman. Yeah. You know, you think about getting into the real estate business. I, I know I'm referring back to it because that's been my history, but the real estate industry is massive, commercial, industrial, residential, different markets, different products. And so when I got into the real estate business, I took my blue collar mindset, applied it, became specialized. I want to be a residential real estate agent in the Midway Airport area, the specialized location. I wanted to get on the listing side. I work with buyers, but my goal, I wanted to create a listing um, you know, powerhouse. Uh, and, 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 and as a result of that, I specialized and was highly compensated as a result of it. So specialization is, is huge. And, and maybe the last one, and I, I think this has impacted both of us, is just knowing your hourly worth. You know, when when I got into real estate, one of my first commission checks was like $5,000, $732.36. And I was like, holy cow, you know how long I'd have to work with my dad to make that money? And, and I valued it. I valued it. And and, 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 and now, and I also, you know, and, and you did this at Mastermind one year where you had everyone take their 1099 or what they thought they made for the year. And 
estimated how many hours they worked in that year and divide the the you know the 1099 number by the number of hours worked to come up with an hourly wage for a real estate agent and people were floored it's like i make $200 an hour well maybe i need to hire an assistant and build a team maybe i need yeah, to learn. stop doing the $20 yeah. $15 an hour you, you would always say you would always say if you're not if you don't have an assistant then you are one yeah and it's like when you when you realize your hourly value and uh, you, you understand the dollar and you understand your value and what your impact is and what role you should play. You become more of a rainmaker uh, in the process. You know, look, we could talk about this for hours and hours and hours. And I know how I've had you as a guest at many events where you talked about the financial side, the South side money and raising family and all that. And you're, you're a great mm. success. You're a credit to your dad who was a great success. I've been at so many family functions for the Nego family. And here's a cement finisher from the south side of Chicago with a rich, deep legacy where his children and grandchildren know of him on a regular basis. He was a giant of a man. One of the regrets in my life, I, I never got to meet him before he passed. But I see it lived on in you, and now I see you passing those mindsets on, and your children are attending some of the finest universities in the country, but they too have this blue-collar mindset. And the same for my kids. You know, I have a daughter in dressage, mm -hmm. the, the most one percenter sport on the planet, but she's a grinder and she's up at dawn and down at dusk. She's the fittest. She's the most prepared. She works harder. She's had more setbacks and she grinds through. And I have six kids that have that same blue collar mindset. So it's great for yourself. It's great for your livelihood. It's great for your success, but it's also great for your legacy. This stuff is real. And as we close up here today, I would just love you to kind of put a ribbon on all this blue collar mindset. I think it's so important. I know that people have been blessed with what they've heard here today, but maybe you could put a ribbon on the whole thing for us, Joe. Well, maybe, you know, Brian, when I present many times, I'll draw on the mm -hmm. uh, eye board or, but I'm going to bring back something out of the quiver that I used when I was early in my real estate career as a way to get a sense of accomplishment and feeling like I'm getting better. Mm -hmm. And it's a poem and it's called The Builder or Wrecker. And uh, it has a lot of blue collar roots. And I don't think there's any, anything you can build greater than building up another person, which you do wonderfully. My hat's off to you. So the poem goes like this. I saw them tearing a building down, a gang of men in this busy town. With a ho heave ho and a hearty yell, they swung a beam and the side wall fell. I asked the foreman, are these men skilled like the ones you'd hire if you had to build? He said with a laugh, no, indeed, common labor is all I need. I can easily wreck in a day or two what it's taken a builder 10 years to do. And I thought to myself as I went my way, which of these roles have I tried to play? Am I a builder who builds with care, measuring life with rule and square? Am I shaping my deeds to a well-made plan, carefully doing the best I can? Or am I the wrecker who walks the town, content with the labor of tearing down? Mm. Mm. And it is labor. I would say this. This stuff is resonates with me. It's a deep resonance. It brings me back to my parents, my grandparents, the workers. I think of Jimmy Fitzpatrick and Tommy White and all the lads who were the, on the job site who, who I was mentored underneath and who helped me become a huge success in many other areas and things they had no idea about real estate or coaching companies or broadcasting or all the things that I've gone on to do. 
these blue collar mindsets, like you said, they, they can help you earn a living and, and build a great life as a blue collar worker. You can apply these things in the white collar world and end up with no collar. And uh, you've done it well, my friend. You've done your father proud. That brass stamp is on a lot of concrete, but that brass stamp you wear on your heart, you've given it to a lot of people. And I think we've given people a lot to think about today. And uh, this has really been beautiful. I know there's a ton more. I know there's lots of other opportunities to hear more about this, and I'm looking forward to exploring those. I thank you for being my friend. I thank you for being the man that you are, someone I admire greatly. I thank you for all these principles today. And I thank you for blessing our audience uh, and really putting the work in to bless our audience. So I thank you for it. And I'm going to pass it off to my mom, who could be your mom, who uh, loves you like you are, son. And uh, we'll send her on today. Talk about blue collar. Therese Buffini knows about it. And she's going to finish us off today with the Irish blessing. Thanks for being a guest on the show, Joe. It's been a treat. Thank you, Brian. Over to you, Mom. May the road rise up to meet you. And may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time. Thank you.